Greetings, fellow slingers, and welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted Dungeon Master, Brian. Well, unfortunately, it would seem that most of our players are down with the sickness. So that leaves you with me. But I'm not alone. Joining me in his first interview is Junior, who might better be known on Roll the Hard 20 podcast as Rafu, the half-orc. But no matter how you know him, please put your hands together as I interview Roll the Hard 20's favorite noob on episode 22. Show me your newbies. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. I'm your trusted Dungeon Master, Brian, and sitting in with me on a special edition of Rolling for 20 is... Arturo. <laughs> or Junior. Also known as... Rafu. Rafu. Rafu the Great. Rafu the Green. Now, if you're not familiar with our Rolling for 20 segments, it's basically we roll the, the recording for about 20 minutes and just basically digress <laughs> and drink and have a great old time. So, you seem more nervous about this than I am. <laughs> so, Junior, for the listeners, go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself. I'm 30 years old. Um, I work in the automotive field, <laughs> like long walks on the beach. <laughs> I collect horses' heads. Well, that's only on Sundays. Paint myself green. <laughs> so, tell me and the listeners, how long have you been playing D&D for? Um, coming around a year now. Um, actually, I started just by listening to all your stories from work and stuff and caught my attention and decided to give it a shot. So luckily you guys had a room in your uh, table and just kind of slipped into things. Yeah, we did our best to make sure that, that there was room because at the time we were only running one Dungeon Master and four players and two of our players are married. So it ran into a, a bit of a snafu <laughs> that when one of them would be sick, obviously both of them would be sick. Or if one of them was absent or took a trip, they would, you know. Yeah, you know, one's got to comfort the other. <laughs> that's right. Give that supportive love. So as D&D has come to be influenced in your life, what does it come to mean to you now that you've actually had your, your taste of what it feels like to play? It's been my escape. It's been kind of like, a great pleasure in my life in the sense of it kind of gets me out of reality and lets me just open up and be a whole different character in a make-believe area with, you know, creatures that are going to kill you. Yeah, it's it's actually fun watching you game because you're not inhibited. Because obviously, you, in case the listeners don't know, you and I work literally right next to each other at work. <laughs> and, you know, what, you're, what you guys get at the table between he and I the, the subdued uh, jabs and stuff is exactly how we are at work. So it's we it, just we just bring it from work straight onto the table. But when you and I, you know, when I watch you play, there you have zero inhibitions about saying anything, and you just you just go with the flow. You know, you get into character. The like great thing was that this is, has always been a great table, and luckily I felt really comfortable with everyone. It's just kind of like a no judgment type thing. So. Once you kind of peel that off, it's just super easy just to be yourself and let whatever word vomit out because 
hey, that's what we're here for, you know, we're it, having a good time. Yeah, and that's like where a lot of the, the golden nuggets really come from is is just hearing the things like when somebody else is saying something and you kind of shoot this little little, <laughs> little thing side off, marker, yeah, little side thing off to the side there. You're just like, now that was really funny. And sometimes <laughs> it may take a, a two listen throughs to actually get that. There's a lot of stuff that happens at the table and I don't catch or I catch later on, but I mean, definitely listening to the episode, I catch a lot of little things I didn't. And I mean, they get me last, what was it? Two weeks ago, I ended up having oral surgery in my mouth and they put... I didn't know where you were going with that at first, but okay. They uh, put (laughs) stitches in my mouth and uh, two days later, we came and gamed. That night, I literally ripped my stitches. That My gum was just bleeding from playing with everyone here that, that night. And even Eric's got like a like a subtle dry sense of humor. Oh, he he's the got the like the dry the, the British type, you know. Yeah, it's just like when that time he described the fire anvil as crabbing, <laughs> it was just <laughs> it's did a you have good that like ready or what? You know, it's pretty funny. And I've heard Kush he pops off with a few funny ones from time to time too. He's a really good guy to be around. But yeah, I I know what it's like to sit down at a table where you you don't know anybody at all, and then you're trying to get the feel. But I've always had no problem getting into character, but it's even more so like when you when you play with people you know and you really feel comfortable. You generate that that rapport with everybody, and they're playing off of you, and you're playing off of them, and you just you get that going on. <laughs> you build, it, build a stronger uh, relationship in a way. <clears throat> now, I see you've had a great diversity of your characters. You've gone from being a half-orc, to a half orc, <laughs> yeah. To a half orc, I decided to and, uh, stick with something uh, I was familiar with. Right, yeah. And I still <laughs> mess it up. <laughs> Variety: green, <laughs> light green, dark, olive drab green. Uh, I went a different uh, pathway though. My first guy, uh, Hafton, was uh, Path of the Berserker, and then this one I went with the uh, Spirit Totem. The spirit of the wolf, and yeah, you, thought you could turn into a wolf at one point. I did not understand the rules fully, but I totally marks. thought it was like I transform into a wolf. I was, I was pretty upset for it for like maybe two, three days. Now, our our goal, a little later on down the line, obviously, is to try to get a second game running in tandem. I'd like to have a couple different games going throughout the week. Uh, have you ever thought about possibly DMing one of those? Feeling like I've over the year, I've obviously learned a lot thanks to the help on this table. And um, I feel comfortable with the rules, but I don't quite feel comfortable with DMing quite yet. But near future. That's good to hear. I asked you, I think yesterday at work, what you thought was more important the game mechanic, the strict adherence to game mechanics, or a compelling narrative that employs the game mechanics to their best? I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's The story definitely has a huge part. It's the painting of everything. It's where we're going. But in the mechanic parts where it becomes like rules and stuff like that, I like, they're confusing in a way. Like I read them, being new, I read them kind of vaguely. So I try to like, interpreted in my own way and unfortunately with the whole wolf thing i interpret it wrong so you would have to have a little bit of both but i like what you've done with your character and i would like to see you eventually run the second game or even a third game you know because i believe that the a compelling narrative 
like we've both listened to um, another podcast, and I don't mind saying who, definitely the Glass Cannon podcast. Hell definitely yeah. sets the, the bar high for us. In fact, I, I recently interviewed one of their hosts, Skid Maher, and let me just tell you, he is a really, really genuinely great guy. But they employ several games that they present to the to the audience. And uh, how, how Troy does it is just amazing. It's so. outstanding. He actually does a really great job for storytelling. And I do look to a lot of their, their material for the stuff that, not to, not to duplicate it in any way, but just how he has the ability to envelop other people's backstories and, and generate threads that, that, that weave throughout the fabric of the campaign. And they're, they're running act, uh, adventure paths that are already pre-written, but which is, I think it'd probably be easier for me because I'm doing a homebrew to, to tie to, in to certain tie things. In yeah. Stuff. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to get you behind the screen, see how well that, that works out. Yeah. Well, maybe closer to the third. If we end up doing a third session, uh, I might be able to DM it. Now, normally I ask, are you in any other groups at this time? But I know you're not. No, I'm not, unfortunately. Well, Kush is, though. He's in He's in another group. Kush runs, I think, two or three sometimes. Yeah. But I think since he was in, uh, I think he mentioned that he's in school or something, that he's, he's only running about He's running one of his home brews on Monday, on right. Mondays, and then doing ours doing as well. Ours. And Eric runs a one of his groups. Uh, it's it's infrequently, but it is on the weekends. So I know that they both have DM skills on that. But you are currently not in any other groups. And I would also ask you if uh, would you prefer to be a player or a DM? <laughs> and, uh, uh, obviously, player. Player. <laughs> but we're gonna get we're gonna get your teeth into that. Hardest racer class you've ever ran. Uh, <laughs> that would be the... I guess you would actually L- need a lot of experience <laughs> <laughs> in order to answer a lot of the questions. Well, the difference between the half-orc and the half-orc was, uh, I believe, Hafton weighed more than... Um, than Rafu? Than Rafu. We'll thicken him up. Now, when you're preparing to build your character, then... What do you use for your inspiration? I mean, do you have an insight of what you think this character will will be like? Do you reflect off of certain music or books that you've read or movies? Or I think of a lot of movies and TV shows. Uh, I try to go back to just like um, I like Viking fighting. So a lot of the times when I'm thinking of, um, you know, Rafu attacking, I always think of something from like, the History Channel, like the Viking show with uh, Ragnarok and all that. Um, other movies like uh, Entering the Badland, like they had a good storyline. I enjoyed that. That's where a lot of the the mental pictures of what Rafu is kind of pop into my head. Also, for the beginning of Rafu, I always imagined him as speaking like his DMX. <laughs> like having that kind of like voice, a DMX voice behind him. What you see is what you're sawing. <laughs> what you hear, what you hear. Now, when I went around and I asked each member individually, because you were the first person that I actually approached about saying, you know, let's take this D and D group out away from the from the sidewalk that we were playing on in front of the comic store. 
and let's make a podcast. You were, you had zero hesitation and you were with, you've been with me since the inception of World Hard 20. In fact, we both brainstormed the hell out of this name. Yeah. <laughs> what was your, what was your thought when we first started going through the inception of this? I thought it was a good idea. I mean, my mentality is always open to a lot of opportunities and it's just, why not? That was literally why I, what I asked myself is, why not? That sounds like a fucking great idea. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean... What do we need to do to get this going? And that's... I mean, you were beside me with the research on the on the website and putting together the web page and... Trying to know. figure out certain, like, equipment yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, exactly what we needed. Yeah, we did a lot of research and a lot of digging on what would make, you know, the best qualities of sound and, you know, just what can we actually get higher grade and in fact, we even asked Skid, whom I interviewed, what they were using as far as like audio equipment. And yeah. he, he replied to my surprise. He told me the mixer that they were using and the microphones. And he helped hook me up with, with where they were getting their royalty-free music for their bumpers and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's been, I mean, the whole uh, adventure has been kind of fun. It's uh, figuring out how to operate like, a few of us have, uh, like, Kush, he's really good with computers and web building and all that. Like, figuring out all yeah, that was definitely a, a, uh, a few hard nights, but we ended up cracking it, figuring it out. I remember you and I would be sitting at work. Well, we don't really sit. We were standing at our toolboxes, <laughs> both of our Macs open, trying to figure out this why this one episode wouldn't upload. And it turned out it was the, the antivirus. Yeah, it was it was some blocker thing on your computer, but it's definitely had its up and downs and trial and errors, but it's it's been definitely fun and well worth it. Now, I I personally have been doing my best, and I know you have as well, to get this show out there just for people to listen to. I think it's just as important for the listeners to have as much fun listening to the show as we do playing, and it, I think it comes across the microphones. But I want for our material to be at a certain level of maturity and not just some goofy thing. Sure, while it's important that we have fun, it's something that I, I like you, take very seriously, you know? No, I, I take it seriously, too. I mean, heck, I mess up all my dice roll every time. Like, I get excited as soon as I'm like, all right, I'm rolling. Wait, what am I rolling for? I don't care. Is that a 20 or is that a D12, you know? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fun that we, we play it up not just at the table, but to the audience as well. We don't exclude them through any type of an inside joke or something like that. I mean, it's almost as though they're at the table with us, you know, uh, the way that, that we have our rapport and we're making fun. And and I've never seen Amity grab more dice other than the actual D20 as you have <laughs> trying, to, trying to roll for some. I just, I just ask things. And I'm already throwing the dice down. I'm like, that's just how i am i'm just yeah, excited look, i'm like all right what, what i rolled a 14 and well you didn't get it what's your name so i'm gonna do it anyways yeah <laughs> Here, let me let me roll and show you what my name is too <laughs> and while i know we're we are a funny group i'd also like to take our game serious though at times i've had this dream of putting together a podcast for many years and i think that what we've got going on right now really is our dream come true so I imagine at this part, this is where we kind of uh, digress a little and just wrap it back and forth. What questions would you would you <laughs> wrap it back and forth? Oh, huh? Yeah, we're gonna do that now. <laughs> we're wrapping. It is Christmas time. So, do you have any questions for me, my friend with the beanie? 
I have to think about that. Well, because, yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, just because I ask you, I see you daily, so, like, I ask you randomly (laughs) throughout the day of, like, all kinds of questions. Well, let me ask you this. Where do you want to see our podcast going in the future? To the tippy, tippy top. Um, Just the tip? (laughs) Just the tip. I would like to see this succeed. I mean, I hope that it grows a background of people that actually enjoy listening to it. And I hope we become part of people's lives and hopefully, you know, a way to entertain yourself for an hour or so, whether it's your daily commute or just a walk with the dog or a short hike, you know, I just want to be involved in making, bringing some laughs to people. And that's a great observation because I think that's what we do. You know, like when we're listening to podcasts, we're walking the dogs or we're, yeah, doing some yard doing work, work or, or well, washing cars. Yeah, washing cars, doing laundry. We're just doing simplistic things or even complex things, but we've always got our podcasts of other people running, and I would like to see us be part of somebody else's daily routine as well to have enough of a of a catalog behind us where if we miss a week because of the holidays, a couple of years down the line, it won't affect anything because the backlog will be great enough for anybody to just to pick it up and start listening to it. No, definitely. I've always found it very um, pleasant to, instead of actually listening to something on the radio that you would hear the same song over and over again, why don't you try something on the podcast side and maybe you might enjoy some of it. It's definitely worth your while if you have to sit in traffic. Yeah, it definitely helps pass the time. In fact, it's it's through listening to some podcasts that the circumference of other podcasts have entered my orbit. Like through one podcast, they might refer to a different one and then I'll pull that one on Yeah, and I'll listen to that one for a while and they'll reference another podcast or something similar to it. It's kind of like a, like a community you know, you feel whatever you're listening to, whatever podcast it is, they might tell you, Hey, you know, we interviewed this person or we listened and, you know, have something, you know, expanding whatever you might want to listen to and giving them a try, you might find the similar things that you liked about it, but one podcast into another that bleeds right over. Yeah. And one thing that I think I've learned also, and I've only done two interviews with people that are active on other separate podcasts, at least people are just cool people. You know, they're just real people. They're not like on a high horse They don't think of themselves better than anybody else. They just have a really good down-to-earth attitude. Yeah, they're definitely been just, anytime we've spoke with anyone, it's always been just laid back, just, hey, we're just having just a Friday evening, you know, call real real quick and whatnot. Yeah, in fact, you and I went to go see the Glass Cannon. Yeah, we went to go see him at the... Los Angeles, in Beverly Hills, yeah. Bootleg Theater. Yeah, and at the end... They did their little um, walk and talk, and everybody got to, to actually meet them and talk with them individually. And I remember talking with Grant for like 15 minutes just over by the stage just talking about, well, what is it? What game do you play, and have you played any Pathfinder? And I was telling them about the the adventure path that I was going to run you guys through, uh, the Shattered Star and everything. Oh, yeah. You know, he was, it was really neat seeing somebody actually 
you know, I hope he, he seemed like yeah, he cared. He, we were pretty deep in the booze at that <laughs> point, but I mean, he definitely seemed genuine, and I believe he is. It's not just that he he seemed he really was, you know, like he really cared. Yeah, they just seemed like any uh, anyone that you'd run into at that theater, just you know, in the norm. I mean, they're really great people. Just like Dan at uh, Radio Free Borderlands, that guy was he was a very genuine person. I've listened to a lot of his podcast, almost all of his podcasts, and. He's just, he's got a, a wealth of knowledge and that shows the separation of like where somebody may know everything about the lore and the rules, but he, he's not podcasting a game. He's podcasting about reviews and, uh, and different editions and stuff. And he does an edition bash, which is really cool. And then you've got uh, other people like Troy and Skid and those guys on the Glass Cannon, which are all about the, the actual game mechanics in use you know you're they're yeah. putting it through the test and stuff and he's you know there's other types there's other podcasts out there that are actually actual play podcasts and that's really cool to listen to as well to see how each edition's running and a lot more of when i go actually through the books and start reading like the manual and everything i find the descriptions of certain things so vague and it kind of cracks me up because I know like I bother you all the time and we always go on our long little rants about certain things I'll be like hey what does this do and if it, it reads this way and you know it like happened the other day what was I asking true about sight. I, I was asking about true sight and whether or not it could see through a uh, uh, mirror, mirror image, image. because yeah. it says that you uh if you have true sight it was kind of like vaguely worded and I was like I wonder if there's a loophole in this. I'm always trying to find some way where I could like make my player a little bit stronger by having a little bit more knowledge to actually put the the rules in play. And it wasn't until we looked up mirror image that it said that it could be t- detected by true sight. Yeah, but that was kind of like a, a word. It was a weird way, way they worded it, but it was definitely kind of a conversation. We ended up talking about that for like an hour during work. Yeah, shows how productive <laughs> we are at work, right? But uh, I can walk and chew bubblegum, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and I think that that's no detriment to fifth edition. Fifth edition is just it seems more rules light, so certain uh, attributes may be more vague than other ones. But if you take something like and I know people really will cringe at this, but like fourth edition D and D, which I happen to like, so don't, don't well, that come was like stoning my house, but or Pathfinder, they're very rules heavy. And that's the thing I never had the experience of as being a new player. It's always been, oh, well, technically when I jumped in, it's 5e, so that's all I know. So when you guys reference back to like, oh, it's in this edition it does this, I'm like, what? Like, that's way different. I was like, that almost sounds better. That You know, other rules are like, whoa, that really fucking sucks. Well, there was an evolution, though, because I started off with the basic red box, and it, it was even lighter. Not the ones that you get the DVD rentals, right? No, no. No, not that red box. No, not okay. that red box. No, these are the beta. Um, <laughs> beta Max? Beta, beta Max. Um, but they were really rules-like, and it really incorporated a lot of the theater of the mind where you, you really put it together in your mind. Now, I didn't know for many well, that was years back later. Back in the time where they didn't give you um, a map and stuff to play on, right? Like no, you there, just was, had there a, was no mini. Well, there was they, no miniatures. There was no map. From my understanding, like well, they, they were had not miniatures. Squares. They had the, the lead miniatures, but I never had any. 
and I, therefore I didn't know they had any. But that was mm. for the first edition. Certain the, little rocks that would placement. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just put a little pebble <laughs> in the middle of the table and say, that's A pebble, you. that pebbles, that pebbles, that pebbles me. me. Um, no, but we did a lot of theater of the mind where uh, somebody at the table was the cartographer, and he, as the dungeon master, would describe the length of the hallway. They would trace this out on grid paper, and then you you know you're looking at each square was like five feet like it is now and you say no no it it's longer than that or shorter than that and you know wavy this or that or holy shit you'd have to draw all this stuff out yeah yeah as a player if so you didn't get lost oh you, that would make would, sense in case yeah you wanted to make your way back you'd have to yeah yeah and the dm would probably be not nice enough to let you know i was gonna use a different word <laughs> yeah well you already said it so <laughs> um but if there was like a room with a secret passageway or something that you didn't detect, but it was on the DM's map, you wouldn't know it on your map because you would say, well, why is this area blocked off? You know how I'll lay out the flip mats. Yeah. And some areas are, are cordoned off or whatnot. But on in, when the player himself is drawing the map, it's up to them to, to discover inside the room. But it's also at the, at the level of the dungeon master to accurately depict the room as well, you know, to kind of give a complete Seems like a insight. lot of work. But, uh, yeah, back in, way back then, you had to describe the room particularly, you know, whether there was moss on the floor or if there was, you know, rotted stone in a corner where it looked like there might be some sort of passageway that you might be able to squeeze through. You know, there was... Oh, so would you drop hints on like how many doors would be in a hallway or something like that, even if it was moss covered? Yeah, like as a as a as an example, say you you enter this dark cavern and you notice that there's several torches, but they're they're like maybe one every fifteen feet. So just as the illumination of the first torch on the left side of the wall just starts to dim the one on the right side of the wall might illuminate you know yeah. provide light well i think that's kind of similar on, on what we the, do here yeah. on 5e as well though yeah but that that relies on the dungeon master to accurately describe describe those. the yeah because you can't just say okay you're going down a hallway the there's, there's two doors on either side well, what was this monty hall or what the that's fuck? what i'm telling you i don't yeah it's the bathroom to the right yeah that's, it's that's it's what like, i'm saying dude you want to give the the dungeon some flavor like you see a rotted door that's iron bound but the iron's so rusted with age that it barely is holding the the slats of wood in place you think that you you could possibly see between the cracks of this dry rotted wood what might be on the other side the doorknob has long since fallen off due to age and just lays in a crumpled piece of metal at your feet you know you, you see the difference of that but just say well you see a door that's up ahead yeah you know it's there's i definitely have to work as a dm <laughs> there's and that's that's just something that we used to do so long ago, and, and nowadays the rules make things much more easy to be lackadaisical. But with a rules edition light leaves system a lot of like that, for open it definitely leaves a lot of room for interpretation and for accentuating what it is you're trying to, to get across. I like it. I know you like it. I know. After the Michelada, the interview is going a lot smoother. See, I told you, we would just start bouncing things off. <laughs> Well, at this point, if you have any other questions or any other insights that you'd like to regurgitate out onto the microphone, please let me know. You don't turn into a wolf when you become... Totem of the Wolf. Totem of the Wolf.
You do not. You do not. I learned that the hard way. So if that's insight for you. <laughs> and with that, we will say good night. Be sure to roll those hard 20s, you hard slingers. Buenvenidos. No, that's welcome. Adios. Whatever. <laughs>We seem to have a, a fairly solid group. Hang on a second. Because <laughs> what you heard is what you're hearing. What you're hearing. <laughs>